uh, after the world's longest introduction, I don't, you know, I, I, someday he's going to have to tell me what part of that reminded me of him. I stand before you today as an angry man. I got up this morning and I was going to go over my notes for what I was going to say. I read the headlines. I'm just going to open up the headlines on, in this case, it was Fox News. And say what you want about Fox News and your ideologies and all. It's still news. News is news. I want to read you the headline. School board member says district should reject hiring teachers with Christian values. Think about that. This is in Arizona. And she's a member of the LBGT on and on. She had the support of other board members. And uh, on top of it, they were hiring practice teachers from the Arizona Christian School, Arizona Christian University or college. And the board decided to break its contract because the Christian college wanted to teach Christian values. And the school board said, we can't have Christian values taught in our public schools. Well, if you think about that, well, what are they saying? They're saying, we want our values taught. And our values stand in opposition to Christian values. So you guys on the Christian side, stay away. We don't want your influence. Now, that made me an angry person. And I, I have to admit, when I started thinking about what to say today, uh, I was pretty heavily influenced by a message I heard in a church not too long ago out of Acts 3 and 4. And I'm going to give you the, the, end of the end of what we're going to talk about at the beginning. There's going to come a time in your faith where you're going to be tested. You cannot be a Christian without having your faith tested. And you're going to have to answer the question in your own mind, do I obey God or do I succumb to the culture of the day? There's no better picture of that than Acts 3, 4, and a little part of Acts 5. We're going to look at that real quickly. Remember, the background to this is you're going to be tested. Your faith, if your faith isn't tested, you might want to pray about that. In Acts 3, 1, and of course, I have the wrong bookmark in. In Acts 3, 1, Peter and John are walking into the temple for a time of prayer. And on their way in, they, were going, they walked past a, a, a lame man. We learn in Acts 4 that the guy was 40 years old. And he had been lame for his entire life, since birth, it says. And the lame man, it, it's, unlikely, it's unlikely that he was the only beggar in the, in the neighborhood, because on the way to the temple, it would be customary for the people who were in severe need to be begging to, from the people that were going to the temple. He says to Peter and John, look, help me. 
And Peter says, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And he takes the man by the right hand and helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet, and he began to walk. Then he went with him into the temple courts, walking and jumping. And this was seen by a great multitude of people. Pretty good story. Now, I'm assuming they addressed one beggar from many in this. We don't know why that particular one. But we know that they chose to help this guy. The book of Acts is a transition part of the Bible. We're going from the Old Testament system to the New Testament system. And the disciples and apostles had been given certain gifts that they could use in the name of Christ. And the people saw this guy jumping up and down. They saw him. It's a great story so far. And Peter looks at them, and he's... he's Peter is a very, very direct guy. You know, when I get to heaven, he's one of the people that I really want to, want to talk about. He goes, what are you looking at us for? We're not the ones that did it. It's the name of Jesus Christ that did it. We, this man was healed through the power of God. And then he goes on to present a message to the people. And he, he doesn't pull any punches here. He doesn't pull any at all. He goes... You're the folks that crucified Christ. You had a choice to make. Who do we save? And you called out for Barabbas so that Christ could be crucified. And then he goes on to say, but God forgives you. It's a good story so far. Good story. Should have a happy ending. They were presenting the gospel in the name of Jesus Christ. But, this is the hard part. This is where it comes down to us. There's this group of guys, the government, the Sadducees, the soldiers of the temple in Acts 4, 1, we say, and the, the, the clergy. They banded together and they said, we can't have this. They knew, and I could read the passages to you, but I'm just going to give you the story. They knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that many people saw the lame man healed. So they couldn't deny the, the, the miracle. But what they did do is they denied the message. They said, who are you to tell us to bow down to Jesus Christ? Now, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but you can, you know, we, we have a short time. You know, who are you to bow down to Jesus Christ? Tell us to bow down to Jesus Christ. Peter goes on to say, it's in the name of Christ you'll be saved. By no other name will you be saved of Jesus Christ. So the, 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 the Sadducees, the, the soldiers of the temple, what do they do? They throw them in jail. Peter and John go to jail for what? Talking about Christ. They keep him in jail overnight. Now, historically, this is a pretty short period of time after Christ was crucified. So I'm thinking, and here I'm just throwing this out as, a, as an idea. Peter and John are put in jail. What's their obvious conclusion? 
we're next on the cross. We're going to die for preaching the gospel. But the Pharisees say, what do we do with these guys? We can't deny the miracle. So they say to them, don't give that message again. Don't say it. You can read it all. It's right, it's right here. Don't give that message again. What they did is they tried to control the message and deny the reality of the result of that message. Now, what do you think Peter and John did? I'll, I'd open this up to questions almost, but Peter and John said, we can't do that. We can't do that. In 319, it says, we've got to obey God. What would you have us do? Listen to you or listen to what God tells us to do? And that's after they said it's in the name of Christ. You've got to understand the Sadducees and the Pharisees, that was a revolutionary message to them. They, the, the, the tradition was we obey the Old Testament law. Christ came, fulfilled the law by his own declaration, and said, this is your new message. And the establishment could not accept that message. Instead of accepting it, they wanted to punish it. Peter and John said, we can't do that. What happened after that? Well, we'll take a brief side note before we look at that. I want to make one comment that is very prevalent in our society, and it goes back to the headline we saw. The person who said we don't want Christians in thought she was being tolerant and Christians were being intolerant. There's this big difference between tolerance and love. You can't overemphasize that point enough. In love, you can be tolerant, but love lifts people up. Tolerance accepts them in the mire that they're in and lets them to continue to exist in it. If you take that belief and if that concept is true, we can only preach out of love. We have to say what God tells us to say because that's what love tells us, what love is. We want to lift people up. We want to be used by God to lift people up out of the culture that's available in that day and in this day. And if you think, if you think that Peter and John came out and they spoke to the Pharisees and Sadducees and said, you know, we can't speak on, uh, we can't do what you want. And uh, they were afraid of the results of that. In, <coughs> excuse me, in Acts 5, after thousands of people came to know this, Acts says thousands of people came to know the Lord because of their testimony. In Acts 5, the Pharisees and Sadducees and captains of the temple meet again. And they say, and Peter and John have continued to preach. They meet again and they say, what can we do with these guys? What are we going to do with them? They haven't stopped talking about Christ. And they say, well, what are, we're going to pull them in and we're going to talk to them. And they said, 
and the Bible's very, very strong in its language, both in the Greek and in the English on this. They say to Peter and John, we demanded that you don't speak of Christ again. This is in Acts 5. And John and Peter simply said, we have to obey God rather than man. So what do we do with this? How do we take that? Well, the first thing we can learn from this is that there's no new sin under the sun. I think that's a, that's a real common thing. You know, what we're experiencing today is the exact same thing that was experienced at the time of Christ. Our speech is trying to be controlled by people who don't believe in Jesus Christ. There is no doubt about that. When you have a school board member that says, we can't have people from a Christian university practice teach or be hired in our school system because they're going to preach their, their beliefs and methods to the kids, we have to stand up and say something. You know, we're being challenged. Each and every one of us here is being challenged in the following way. And it's simple. Shut up. Don't talk. Don't you dare tell me about Jesus Christ. If you do, as one school board member in California said, you're a Christo-fascist. The heck is that? You know, you're a bad guy. Anybody who gives the message of Jesus Christ today is a bad guy. You think you're a bad guy? Let me just ask you, do you think you're a bad guy? If you tell people Jesus Christ loves you, if you tell people marriage is for husbands and wives, men and women, if you tell people that gender is not something that you choose, it's something that you're given, if you tell people that this lifestyle is wrong, if you tell people that Jesus loves you, it is by the power of Jesus that you are saved, are you going to be looked at? Are you going to suffer the consequences of that? Are you going to be tested the way John and Peter were? You know, more than likely you will be. And the question then becomes, how do you react to it? There's not a moment, not a moment where we can say we're not going to be kind. We're going to be direct. Peter says it's by the name of Jesus Christ you will be saved. Only by the name of Jesus will you be saved. That rules out a whole lot of other people that we could mention. The, sky, the Pharisees, the police, the temple police, I'll grant you, uh, and uh, the, the, the Roman government, they all say, stop, don't say it. But the Bible tells us, you must. You go out. You accept the challenge. Now, I'd ask each and every person here, A, have you been tested? Is your faith tested? And I think there are a lot of people whose faith is tested, and they don't even know it. You know, we just accept what's going on. You know, we just go a little bit further. We just, I'm not going to, I'll tolerate that. I won't love it. It's a problem. You go home, and your kids come to you. Uh, uh, brief, brief story. Brief story. Last night, we're having dinner with my kids, and my one son was uh, 
a very tolerant person, much to my chagrin. He was tolerant beyond compassion. He was tolerant to acceptance. And last night he said, you know, I used to roll my eyes, his words, I used to roll my eyes when you said the government's attacking the church. And he said, I can remember you sitting at your desk in the office saying Christianity is going to be attacked. It's going to be marginalized to nothing. And I'd roll my eyes. He said, it's 10 years later now. And I'm saying, you know, you're right. You're right. It's a battle that if you look at it on the face, it's a battle that we're losing. Now, can we say that we're going to lose? No. Christ is faithful to his church and his church will persevere. There's no question about it. The question is, will we help it persevere? Will we be on the side of speaking up for Jesus Christ? Or are we going to hinder our, 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 our church by tolerating things that we ought not tolerate, by failing to speak out when we should speak out? The question I have, well, there's four of them that are there, but the real question I have is, can we say with a clear conscience that I will do what God tells me to do, even if other people tell me not to? I'm not saying that you're going to fight over bitter things, things that are inconsequential. I'm saying you're going to speak up when people deny the absolute truth of the Bible that says, by the name of Jesus, you'll be saved and what that entails, and how you will live, and the lifestyle you will have. How does Peter and John, standing up, willing to go to jail, twice in two chapters, twice, in a very hot, you know, it's not like some federal prison here, it's a hostile environment. Are you going to, are you going to have the courage that is God-given that we must avail ourselves of in order to present the testimony that Christ wants you to present to the world. And that testimony is, by the name of Jesus, you will be saved. That's it in a nutshell. Now, what's the obvious question that begs to be asked? And we can't get, <coughs> excuse me, we can't get into that here but it's something that we have to consider. And I, uh, who, did I, who did I say it to? Who's coming up? Uh, was it Ed, I think? I said, this is where, you know, I hope, I hope when you wrap this up today, you can figure out what to do with the controversy that's probably going to be created by what I say. The question that can be looked at, and I really originally was going to talk about this today, the question is, can a Christian enter into civil disobedience? Can we revolt? We won't do it now. I'll give you tons of, well, not tons, a number of Bible illustrations that would, in my mind, answer that question, and I think would be open to debate that we'd, we'd be willing to have. But that's the question that Peter and John, right after they started preaching, and this is in the, 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 the infancy of the Christian church, right after they started preaching, they were put to the test. 
Do we obey God or do we obey man? Each person here has to answer that question for themselves because in many ways it's a matter of conscience, but it's a matter that must be answered. So as we break into small groups, there's four questions if, you, if I could ask you guys to hand those out. And we'll open it up to discussion when it's in it with a couple minutes to go, if that's okay with you, all right? Let's have a word of prayer before we break down. Father, help us to understand the strength that you give us. Help us to utilize that strength. Lord, we live in a controversial world. Not that that's new to you. But we pray, Lord, that you would make us as men of God be a strong and true testimony so that we can say that it is in your name we have been saved. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.